Mark Vesey is an artist known for his epic scale imagery. Centering around the concept of collection, memory and nostalgia, the result is an image carefully crafted to invoke a moment or a space in time. His latest pieces have a very visual theme, that of the film and of the theatre. Collections around film scores and musical theatre remember the special place that they have in our collective culture, especially at a time when both industries are struggling. We also talk about the lockdown and how taking a break and stepping back during this time has had a rejuvenating effect. This is Art Related Noise. We started experimenting with painting. There's so many avenues with art. We're surrounded by images. Just being lost in this sea of possibility. Announcing that I was going to be an artist. It brings the work I do alive even more. They could be part of this work as well. Everyone's got their own personal connection to something. Hello and welcome to Art Related Noise, the podcast of the Enter Gallery in Brighton. For today's episode, I am welcoming back to the podcast Mark Vesey, who we interviewed a couple of years now, I think, was it Mark? Yeah, it was, I think, 2018. Yeah, I remember yeah. coming to your, your lovely flat and next to the beach, or well, almost next to the beach in Brighton. It's a, a bit sunnier than it is now. Yeah. Although it's it's actually quite a nice day today, the rain has stopped out there. It's uh, it's cold, but it's uh, you've got to make the most of the sunshine. You're not wrong. I was I, I made a um, an error of judgment in terms of my clothing choice today. It was like t-shirt with no jumper. I was like, what am I thinking? We're just out of lockdown. It's the first time coming. <laughs> it's the first time coming out of the house. Yeah. And uh, on a, on a trip, and uh, yeah, forgot it was winter as well. Yeah, I think you need layers. I think in Brighton, layers and. You know, definitely leave your umbrella at home because it's not worth using it. I think you definitely. <laughs> so, how's your lockdown been? Um, I've had a I've, like it's obviously some parts of it have been really beneficial to me, and I think just giving having a sense of just stopping everything and downing tools for me, and kind of experiencing the lockdown on my own, completely living on my own. I didn't even have my dog Albus because he was uh, with my parents because I was actually working in New York and I came back and then lockdown happened that week. I think it was facing that fear of being on your own and I kind of walked through that and got to the other side and was like, I think that going back into any world that we are gonna kind of create coming out of this, I think I'm going to really almost enforce my own lockdown because I think having that space and really being able to kind of just connect with this yourself is really like tremendously important and something that I had never really valued as much as I had done previously to the lockdown. Because I got a sense you you took that lockdown time for you really took it for yourself and and I remember seeing a post I think you put it on Instagram and it was just a, a picture of you is in the sea and and it seemed like you were having a lot of reflective time and using it for, I don't know, not, not really immersing yourself in work, but immersing yourself in you. Yeah, I think that, I think I've got to a point where I, my career and my work was running away with me to a point where I was just like, this is all moving so fast that I don't feel 100% comfortable at the pace that it's moving at. And everyone around me was saying that it's amazing, it's great, it's fantastic. And inside I was kind of like, kind of not quite coping you know it kind of took a pandemic for me to stop and actually have the time to actually think kind of like do the self-work self do work on myself so that we're coming through this now I feel like I'm in a much stronger position to actually kind of navigate my way through my own kind of 
artistic career and life and you know no one can teach you that you've got to just kind of do that for yourself I think that having that space and that time and connecting with nature for me was a massive thing going into the sea was a really healing experience and a, and a, a place where I could just you know people talk to me about letting go and like the sea really helped me to kind of like just let go of everything and just kind of like be in my own body at that moment and just be happy I feel really an enormous amount of gratitude for ha being able to have lived so close to the sea at that time because the picture that I'm thinking about was you you, you floating in the sea yeah just floating yeah I'd, I'd I'd just literally go in there I'd sit on my sofa and then I'd literally have like a uh, a calling of like just get down to the sea and I'd sit in the waves I would just colors of the sunlight and every swim would be, is different no swim is the same I felt a, a connect a, a connection to something bigger being in there and I think it helped me with my like anxiety and, and depression that I've, I've, I've suffered with. So was this something you decided early on? Because we're, we're going into the first lockdown now. Yeah. So early on in the first lockdown, you thought, actually, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just take some time f for me and just to step back. That sort of, in some way, forced removal from the art scene. Did you, did, was it a conscious choice earlier on? No, it was a full, I guess it was forced. I was, I was in New York. We were just, we were supposed to be doing two art shows. We just put up the show, and they declared a state of emergency on the Friday. And we were walking around, watching everything kind of fall apart. And um, it was really very stressful. And I was kind of walking around, looking up at the sky in New York, thinking, "This is big, and this is kind of everything's been turned upside down, and it's not my fault." And we got back from New York and everyone in England was, was like, oh, you know, everything's fine. You know, it's just this, that and the other. And I was thinking, you guys don't, you have no idea what's about to happen. Or like, you know, I had some sort of, some sort of experience of it. And so I kind of just, I kind of tidied up loose ends. I wanted to experience, for me, my anxiety is raised when people around me are saying, everything's okay, it's all normal. You know, we're just continuing, my life's not been affected. And I was looking at these people thinking, I need to get away from you quickly because it has affected, this is a massive thing going on. Yeah, I just needed time to kind of just sit within that and to experience it for myself. And also it gave me the ability to connect with friends and really kind of like reconnect with friendships that I had kind of, it's, everything's just always busy all the time. And yeah, I guess I'm finding more intimacy within my relationships whether it's friendship family and that has really helped me as well get through this experience I think or move through it it's funny isn't it that that so you mentioned there you know reconnecting with with people and you know loved ones and people from your past and stuff like that and how certainly I've heard that before a lot of people taking the time that forced stillness yeah to say actually this show isn't going to happen this this you know so therefore I'm going to pick up the phone I'm going to reconnect and it sounds like you took the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it was almost like I was in a constant kind of like cycle of show, what's next, what's happening, what's going to... And, and it, it gave me the ability to actually just connect with myself and be a, like be an artist and be someone that works for uh, the sake of not having to constantly exhibit work and uh, and keep showing. And, you know, this whole idea of like, I'm relevant if I'm 
if I'm producing and if we're in a world where we produce we are we are what we produce and it's exhausting I've kind of stopped and I'm still here and it's like that whole idea of letting go and like truly letting go I felt like this year I really let go of so much stuff that I was struggling with the idea of even how do you let go and I still struggle with that but I think it's easier for me to to just walk away and let go and think and trust within trust in a bigger thing and a bigger the, the universe really and in doing so in letting go you actually listen also I listen to myself and connected with myself so that coming through this I I feel like I'm more in tune with myself to actually ask for what I want and what I want to achieve going forward in life instead of doing things for maybe the sake of it or to try and kind of move forward but not quite connecting with that so I think it's been quite good for me to just it's not all about how successful you are or how what you're doing in this moment it's like I think I've learned what I've learned this year will inform my work for for years to come um, and it will be a recovery of something that I will have to keep doing also I think I let go of certain things when you're busy you let go of certain things and they're the most important things to kind of um, keep on doing the self-care and looking at other people's work and and just stopping and, and looking at the world it sounds like you learned a lot about yourself during that time yeah I think I learned a lot about myself and I think confronting those sort of the, that dark side of myself and the that shadow definitely was in lockdown when I was on my own and there were moments when you know you were telling yourself it's okay you know we can do this and the day's quite long on your own and then actually you know come sort of four o'clock you're kind of like oh my god and then the sort of gremlins in my mind start kind of like coming out to play and I think I think it got to a point where confronting that was a massive thing for me and and actually being really okay, really okay with being on my own and yeah, co- connecting to a sense of self. You mentioned, um, you know, you're the sea and the, the fact that you were so close to that and you, you, you used the phrase, I think it was, you know, no swim is, is the same. Yeah. And how, how that was important to you. Is that, is that always been something you've done in terms of, you know, needing to get into the ocean and swim and just be at one with nature in that form? Is that yeah. always something you've always done? I have done. When I was busy, I would go and have a swim. But this year it's become far greater. It's like something that I was doing maybe twice a day or it's, it's, in a way it becomes a, a, an addictive thing. I think the sea in itself is a, re- is a really healing uh, really healing for many different reasons but just uh, I felt more inside my own body than I've ever done in my life I felt more comfortable with myself more in my own skin I felt like it was like a truly like happy place where I felt that I was just I was meant to be there sort of thing I think I'm going to come back as a as a seal or something like that I'm gonna but I do I don't know it just it definitely and it does help you kind of it puts you into your own body the, the cold especially at the moment with cold water therapy I've tried loads of different therapies but practices yoga but something about getting into the water and the physicality of it and, and just it, it it grabs you and it takes over your breathing and it forces you to kind of submit and then you go through you, you kind of face the fear of 
you know, some days I've walked into the sea and I think I'm kind of crazy. And I think uh, people around me would think I'm crazy. And actually you, you move past that and you, 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 move, you move through that fear into a place of like, this is amazing. I think that's like for me in life and my work and I want to, to face that fear far more. And I think the sea has really helped me to kind of conquer that inner shadow or, you know, anxiety that it can, you can walk through it. And, and it's, yeah, it's been there and it's, it's been there for me and really helped, it's helped me more than anything, I think. Sounds like a quite, aware that it's about the sea, but they've got cleansing in the metaphysical as well as the... Yeah, it's a spiritual thing for me, I think. Um, You know, it's a, it's, there is a spiritual side of it and connecting to a greater, a greater, a greater thing so that whatever is happening in my world, which I, you know, whatever the uncertainty or the, 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 whatever issue I had, it, it just puts me back into a greater sense of something bigger. And, you know, the things that I've faced this year have relative, relatively in, in proportion have been pretty minor stuff to a lot of the stuff that people out there uh, in, have actually had to kind of suffer. And I think it, as a kind of collective experience this year for all of us, it's like, we, you know, a friend of mine was saying we we're all in, we're all in the same storm, but we we're on different kind of vessels, and some of us have got lifeboats, and some of us have not got anything. And, and yeah, it's it's having that empathy towards what other people, are, what's happening within the world right now. And I think for me, trying to move through it as if nothing's happening and everything's okay and my life hasn't been affected it, it just it, it make it literally kind of it's a feeling inside of me like I, I i can't i can't do that sounds like there's an element of perspective that comes to being in you know in the ocean from what you're saying anyway that you're able to see the world in in a different way by just being in the sea yeah definitely it's just it just puts me into into my body and my mind it just yeah it just it's it's freeing and and i i don't think i could ever live away from the sea i don't i don't, I don't want to ever, ever be away from water i think mm. i think it's uh very much part of that self-discovery i've um and I, I, you know it's going to be a journey that i'd like to continue i wanted to talk about your art as well last time we spoke you you were just releasing the norman piece that, that's how long ago it was. Yeah. And uh, with Norman Cook, and you had all his his inspirations for his, um, you know, record collection and stuff. And your work, just to you know, to to, re- to remind folks, there's there's something about collection there and nostalgia and memory within your work as well. Have you what have you been doing since the last lockdown, if you like? Uh, previously to like lockdown, I was focusing on still vinyl collections. With um, I'd kind of researched and worked on. A collection of 70s vinyl albums that I uh, kind of believed or researched to be the sort of definitive kind of summed up that decade and also uh, 90s as well which was harder because there was less vinyl around but I was able to kind of seek and kind of make two pieces of work that then sat with another piece that I'd done on 80s to sort of encapsulate um, and cement the, the kind of decades and I take I've done I've done I just finished some new work that we were showing in New York, which was on um, jazz and blue note vinyl, and then that's that, that's when the pandemic hit, and then I stopped, and then since kind of moving 
out of that period in, I'd say, I, I guess the summer, I wanted to do something that had some form of, that related to the world. I decided to sort of look at um, soundtracks and uh, musical theatre as the those industries had been hugely impacted by the the pandemic. Is that an is so soundtracks? I mean, I love musical theatre. I'm a complete <laughs> convert to that. And but is that is that always been, is that being passion of yours? Is that why you chose that sort of area? You know, musical theatre. I I suppose I've had like a, a, like there's certain parts of it that I've loved, but yet I would not say that I'm naturally like in love with it. Yeah, I remember going to a musical theatre bar in Brighton, uh, Bar Broadway, and I I just wasn't in the mood for this sort of like onslaught of musical theatre. And then after a drink, I think I was like thoroughly enjoying it and getting into it. It's like that's the kind of like relationship that I have with musical theatre. Um, I guess film soundtracks are far more personally embedded in, or uh, there's an, like more of an attachment there for me. But I I, I feel like the two pieces of work sort of sit really well together and. They kind of like do have a like. There's almost a dialogue there as well in terms of some fall in, fall into the soundtracks. That they can kind of cross over a little bit um, because they've been. Some of the musicals have been turned into films, and some of the musicals were made as films. So uh, I'm visualising it now. I'm, I'm saying, thinking of your 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 large scale sort of phot- photography work with uh, your you know you've piles of vinyl or piles of books. How have you curated the pieces that we're talking about? You know, the uh, the soundtracks in the musical theatre one. I, can't, I actually did them together. They sort of fluctuate, really, and then um, condense and then fluctuate and move up and down. And I kind of end up having maybe three times the amount that I actually photograph. They're lent le- up against a wall in my flat in the studio where I work. And it's sort of like you sit with it, you look at it, you obsess over it, you end up looking at the spines as well as the titles and sometimes you put things in and then I'm like constantly thinking does it work within the sequence but also do will people kind of know that this title or will people and sometimes it is on the aesthetics and sometimes it especially for the film soundtracks I needed it not just to be based on the film I needed it to be based on people recognizing the music recognizing the music more so than the title because there were a few i think that were like oh i really want this to be in it but then actually when you thought about the soundtrack it wasn't as recognizable but you recognized the title so when you go through a piece of work say the 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 film track soundtracks one and you look at the detail and you look at the you know the texture of the the old cover and you look at the word would you hope that somebody looking at that would immediately you know, in the mind, play the soundtrack to it and they say, oh, I reckon that's so identified. Yeah, I, hopefully, I hope that if I've done my kind of like worked the work in my mind, I'd, I'd want people to have that connection and be like, oh, I, I, I know that score, I know that, and to immediately have an emotional response to it. Because this comes back to the nostalgia bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Of, of the work that you do. And I, I can imagine that many different people from many different walks of life will look at a different image of yours and think oh yeah I recognise that I remember those I remember that is that is that sort of the hope you know the the response you're hoping to get yeah definitely like to have that emotional reaction to my work means an awful lot to me I, I think music plays such an important 
role in our lives, whether it's in the background to key moments or memories, it's, it's really cemented within our consciousness. I think my work kind of becomes a, a kind of embodiment of that, those sort of transformative kind of vinyl, those album, the albums that people have surrounded themselves with, or subconsciously or consciously. So the soundtracks one, that's going to be released at um, Enter Gallery. How long have you been working with Enter Gallery now? Because you've done quite a few releases with them, haven't you? It's probably about sort of like six years, I think, six or seven years. It's gone fast. And I'm really excited because we've got another massive, one of my big pieces, which is what I call the mother piece, where it's a a metre and a half print direct onto Diabond and it's tray framed. And for me... My work is all about oversize and I'd probably go bigger and bigger if I wanted, if I could. So for me to have a, a really huge piece in there, in the gallery, is something that um, I'm really excited about rather than the sort of normal edition sizes. I wanted to also see if we can film that with a drone to sort of uh, show the scale, but also to kind of get up close to the, the detail of the vinyl and the spines and kind of move slowly between them so that people could from that were viewing the work maybe online due to lockdown uh, could actually get up close to it even though they weren't able to actually experience it in 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 the flesh i I can imagine it looking pretty spectacular at that in those on those white walls with all the other sort of bits and you know because once you go into the gallery obviously you're overwhelmed with art anyway but then to see one of your big pieces dominating yeah, I think, that that would be. I think that'll look good. Yeah, they do. I've I've kind of described them as a mother piece because I feel like the, the, they sit at the top of the edition. The mother sort of sits on top, and the, the original, uh, even though it's not a, an actual like original painting, but it's the original. It's the it's the, the the top of the crown. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Last time we, I took them my mother pieces out to New York, and we had uh, four pieces out there. And then previous to that, it was the when we launched Norman, we launched that as that was my first kind of idea of upscaling my work to to a, an actual um, that size. Um, I remember because you had the similar thing, didn't you? When when the the Norman, which we spoke about briefly before, uh, opening, it was the the mothership yep. image was in the gallery then. Yeah, exactly. And that's since then they've really kind of they've been selling in the UK but also I've been taking them to America and as a market they've got bigger houses and bigger places it's it's kind of created a more of a, sort of a visual impact as well for the rest of the to, for the the rest of the edition I wanted to talk about the musical theatre thing because we talked a little bit about the soundtracks image which uh, is is amazing and I think but but you, the other one which we haven't talked about too much is the musical theatre maybe I'm biased because I, as I said before I love it it's great can't, can't beat it where did that idea come about because I think there's a charity link to that piece of work as well yeah absolutely there is I wanted to have something that was bright and colourful and kind of again sort of encapsulated the subject of musical theatre and the history I had the idea of raising some money for um, a charity called Acting for Others that are giving out grants to people affected within the industry, um, whether they are makeup artists, actors. There was a lot of talk in the pandemic from the government of, of this kind of like grand gesture to kind of save the, the, the assets of the kind of uh, industry. But that money was really going to, mostly going to the actual venues and it, not all the venues, just the sort of assets. And so it just felt 
a really it felt like I was like engaging in a larger conversation with my work by focusing on musical theatre hopefully with selling the edition we can then uh, raise uh, a proportion of the money to go to the charity to help people that have been affected I would like to also kind of project that my work into the actual space and into the theatre so I think next week I'm seeing um, the Theatre Royal about if this will be viable and possible to project the work which they're really excited about and and then film the space that is unfortunately at the moment empty and unable to be kind of filled uh, and I think it would be a really emotional kind of feeling to actually have the work shown in an environment that at this time of year would normally be packed full of people there would be a productions being put on and those productions make money for those venues to then help them see them through the rest of the year you touched on the number of things there but it's such a such a tragedy what's happening with sort of theatre and these these beautiful but it's not but you know it's not only the spaces is it it's, it's the people that work there it's the um the makeup artists and obviously the backroom people and the actors of course and 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 they're not being able to to get on the stage so we might think about saving the assets but what about all the talent you know and and absolutely and and like like certain people during this year have maybe been forced to stop like hairdressers or restaurants and bars but that industry has as has stopped for the whole year mm. and i don't think there's any other industry that has been affected as much something that is part of our consciousness is and should continue to be helped and 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 that awareness should continue especially at the moment when sometimes we enter enter back into things and think we're okay and actually this experience for me if anything is about us all looking after each other and not just taking for ourselves and thinking well I'm okay there are people who have that are still affected by this today you know right now so hopefully with this work it can be a real positive positive thing for people to share their love for the subjects of the soundtracks and musicals and celebrate that and also keep that kind of awareness at the forefront of our minds to help that industry move forward and move past the pandemic and to hopefully a future where we've still got still got them in our lives is just the theatre in general always been something you, you've enjoyed have you did you choose to do this because that was something you personally connect to as well yeah I definitely I've I definitely I think Theatre Royal especially in Brighton I've been to many things there uh, a lot of my friends are actors or their stage door they work on the stage door they work in makeup comedians performance in general, I think, has just suffered so badly. Yeah, it's just made me feel connected with something that is something that I love and enjoy, and at the same time, help an industry that needs help as much as a lot of other people will need help through this experience. But they also, you know, will need it as well. And looking at the image, is is it? A, so you've got the soundtracks for this. Is it a vinyl? piece yep. as well they're both vinyl pieces uh 12 inch vinyl where do you find them by the way these these sort of old old records that you take the pictures of i, I fell into a shop uh, which i've been to before up from brighton station the record album which is a beautiful shop which you sort of go back in time by going in there and the owner that's the previous owner george that passed away i think he worked up until he was 85 in there and the shop's been open since nine. 1948 they've got a wealth of vinyl in there and I worked with them 
on both collections but I also I have like a, a source of material and then from that source of material I then kind of buy source research beg steal and borrow and kind of sit with stuff and it's a mashup of everything together to then create an overall piece of piece of work and you know I kind of want to pull in color and texture and titles and to make to make a photo to make an image uh, that then encapsulates the essence of the subject do you find yourself going back and forward i think you hinted at that earlier in terms of you know you you have it and then do you find yourself just sort of making you, you said you use the word sitting with it like going back there tweak maybe leaving it for a week or something back yeah, tweak absolutely. is that your sort of process yeah tweaking um sitting there thinking you've got it right then something else comes into your head and even actually when i i must admit i was like there was one title which I don't want to say that I didn't include into soundtracks and I was just obsessing that I didn't put it in and I should have done and I was like for, for God's sake it's like you could play that game forever it's almost like self-sabotage punishment you know it's kind of like it's this it's my shadow self coming in again of like trying to kind of somehow you've got to draw a line and I've created it and I could always include something and I could always not have included something but I reckon it was like two months of working on it on each of them sort of we, I did them at the same time but over a period of two months it sort of they get to a point where they're sort of fully baked and ready to go <laughs> I suppose you get to the point there you can you can overthink things but once it's out there it is as it should be yeah and I am, I am definitely an overthinker <laughs> And that's uh, uh, an obsessive. And that's something that is obviously part of my work. It's obsession and uh, overthinking, which can be obviously useful, but also can be pretty, uh, can be an enemy. But useful when your your work is as it is and it's collections and you think, well, actually, you know, you might come across your work and, you know, if you're a particular fan of soundtracks, as we're talking about now or musical... and you look at them and you think, wow, yeah, you can have your own obsession, couldn't you, going through and just remembering? Yeah, definitely. I think that the whole process is obsessive, um, definitely. And photography is obsessive. You know, as a photographer, you know, you're obsessed with so many different uh, levels of, I guess, what you believe to be perfection. Yeah, I suppose you're right, because you've got to be able to get the right light and the right time. And, you know, there's so many things that have got to come together and if one little bit is out, it's not good enough, is it? No, no. I've spent a lot of my career with that anxiety and pressure. And with my artwork, there's a, there is a pressure of me putting that out there and saying that this is art and this is what I'm putting out there. But there is less pressure in the kind of on, on the day when you've got to be photographed, when you're photographing a portrait of someone and you've got five minutes with that person and you've got to make you've got to get three different portraits or there's pre- that's pressure you know if it goes wrong it goes you know it's a different sort isn't it yeah. i suppose you've got yeah. that's pressure in the moment whereas what you with your artwork it's a it's a longer term process so that immediacy is sort of removed to some extent would you say i guess it's like a slow go it's a slow it's a firework that's set off and it's going off slowly and i'm able to kind of slow down that process and um, sit with the collection and then it gets into the, the time when I photograph it and then it comes into sort of tweaking everything, how it all sits together until it is actually photographed. Mark, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you again Thank for you. talking to Art Related Noise. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.